Good morning. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Chaf Aleph in Maseches Sota, but we start in the middle of Chaf Amad Bez and the two dots, and the reason is because yesterday, Barry and Andrew had to spend extra time correcting my pshat. I had gotten too caught up in the orthodontic appliance pshat, which was not the pshat at all, but be, uh, instead of compounding it and getting caught up again today, um, they did straighten me out by the end, Baruch Hashem. So let's start in the two dots in the middle of Chaf and Bez, and we have a lot of Garanowitz Musr moments today. A lot of agarta, so maybe that will help us catch up. Although definitely not points to rush through, points to ponder for the rest of the day. The um, we started this yesterday. We said that immediately when the sota started drinking, said the Mishnah, started drinking the May sota, they started to. Uh, it had an immediate effect on her. She started to blow up. So the question wants the um, Gemara wants to know Mani, who is the author of that portion of the Mishnah. What would be the issue? Well, first we said, apparently Rabbi Shimon Hid, It certainly would seem that it is according to Rabbi Shimon. Remember, we had famously got bogged down in the Machlokas Rabbi Shimon Rabbanon on how to read the Psukim in the Torah. Rabbi Shimon says that the word achar indicates a sequence, which means that after bringing, that the Sota drinks the water after she brings the carbon mincha. Why is our Mishnah reflective of that? Well, because if you're going to bring the carbon mincha after you drink the water, then the waters shouldn't make you blow up right away, right? It must be that if you're drinking the water, that if you're blowing up right away, it must be that you're drinking the water after you've already brought up the carbon min, the carbon mincha. Okay, right? As the Gemara continues to say, because if it were not like Rav Shimon, then as long as the mincha hadn't been offered, right, then the waters wouldn't work yet. Because the mincha itself is a maskeres avon, uh, you can right, use that, you can derive from that, that the mincha has significance in terms of making the waters of the sota uh, effective. And therefore, Without the mincha, the water of the sota would not be effective. And therefore, if that's true, if you have like the rabbanon, the mincha is brought after the drinking of the water, so then the waters in and of themselves, without the bringing of the mincha, would not have been effective. And yet, our Mishnah says that the waters are immediately effective. It must be that our Mishnah is like Rabbi Shimon, who holds that the mincha is brought first, and then the waters are drunk. However, the, the Gemara says, Ema Sefa, the end of the Mishnah says, Yesh this is where the Musr is going to go in. That even if a woman is a Soto, sounds like mistakes have been made in life, right? There are merits, right? This is a person that has some redeeming values. And as our mission said, if that's the case, the waters in that scenario would not, in fact, be immediately effective on her. And I saw in the Rabbana, and that sounds like the Rabbana. Because we know that Rabbi Shimon has a separate standalone statement that is that the that the Maim Hamarim are not held in abeyance for any punishment, meaning that, right, that there is, they, he simply, in a different source, outright disagrees with our Mishnah and holds that the Maim Hamarim were always effective immediately. And therefore, if you're going to say that the Maim is effective immediately upon drinking, then that sounds like Rabbi Shimon. But if you're going to say that if you have merits, they are held in abeyance, then it sounds like they're abundant. So who, in fact, is the author of our Mishnah? Answers the Gemara, Amar of Chista, Hamani Rabbi Akiva, he. In fact, our Mishnah is a reflection of the hybrid Shita, 
reflected of Rabbi Akiva. Because Rabbi Akiva agrees with Rabbi Shimon. I'll say it outside first. Rabbi Akiva agrees with Rabbi Shimon that the water is brought after the Korban Mincha and therefore would be effective immediately. But he also agrees with Rabbanon that if the woman had extra merits, that the effect would be held in abeyance. As the Gemara says, Right, the first you bring the mincha and then you drink the waters, as is the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Kiva agrees with him on that. We've seen that already. But when it comes to um, the effect of the water being delayed, holds like the Rabbanon, uh, as reflected in our Mishnah, that the schus can in fact delay the effect of the waters. So good. So now the, the Mishnah. Before we get to the Musr, gets into another detail. Twenty-two lines up from the bottom of Chafam Beis. My timer. Why did the Why did we have to? Our Mishnah said that the effect of the water was so immediate that as soon as she started drinking, she started turning into the Hulk and blowing up. And they said, "Whoa, get her out of here! She's going to be, be mitame the entire area." So the Gemara, my timer. Why do we have to get her out? The Dilma Meisa. What, we think she's going to die on the spot? Well, if we think that we have to get her out for dying, well, that seems to imply that a, a corpse can't be in the Machan Levia. But that's not even true. Tanya, we learned in a There's no problem with a Tumas Mace being in the Machan Levia. Not only that, not only Tumas Mace, you can have a corpse in the Machan Levia. How do we know? <coughs> Excuse me. Shanamar, <clears throat> because we say in Parshas Bishalach, Vaikach Moshe as Asmos Yosef Imo. Famously, Kriyas Yamsuf, almost a coincidence, we just had Kriyas Yamsuf. <clears throat> Everyone's taking the Rechush Gadol, the riches. Moshe is concerned with the bones of Yosef Hatzadik to, to bury it in Eretz at some point. Imo Bimchitsasa, well, if it says he takes it with him, it must have been with him, right? That was like his carry on. Wherever he went in the midbar, well, by definition, Moshe Rabbeinu was in the Machna Leviyah because he was a Levi Andrew. Okay, so <clears throat> that seems to imply that you can have a corpse in the Machna Leviyah. Okay, so then that can't be the concern of why we have to get the Sota out of here. So Amar Abaye, Abaye has an answer. Shema Tifros Nida. As Rashi explains, Shema Tifros Nida, Agav Biyuasuso, Demayim Amarim, Vahanida, Vazava, Zava, Valkaria, Surim, Machna Leviyah. That, yeah, the Nida is one of the some categories of uh, people that cannot go into the Machna Levia. When a person has, well, as we discussed, the Zav, or the Zava, or a Baal Keri, right? A seminal emission, some other mucus emission of a Zav, um, or a Nida, they can't go into the Machna Levia during that state of Tumah. That we already learned in Masechus Psachim. Okay, well, what does this have to do with Sota? Well, we had already said that it is possible that when a woman gets uh, so worked up, from the terrifying effects of the mesota, that may actually trigger right uh, her menstrual cycle, and that is why we say get her out of here because maybe she'll become anita, and anita cannot be in the machanalavia. So where it says lamir the beviusa marpia marpia in this case means loosens, which is to say this all makes sense if you think that being coming terrified can trigger your menstrual cycle. Is that true? Mar says in yes it can. You know, your menstruation, maybe not the cycle, but you know what I mean. Yeah, the queen became very afraid. Which queen? Queen Esther. Queen Esther was very, very afraid. Why? <coughs> well, Batis Chalchal has like, it's like a double entendre. Thank you, Mrs. Lynch, ninth grade in English. Uh, double entendre, it means, but she was very terrified. 
also has the word chalalim chalalim, like from Asher Yatsar. So there is a correlation, apparently we're showing it as like a reference, a correlation between fear and the fact that she might actually start to menstruate. Right? Because that's how Rav interprets Queen Esther, that she got so terrified she began to menstruate. Okay. Menstruate. Okay, but Anant Nan. But we learned the Mishnah in Nida and Lamates. We will hopefully learn it uh, in due time as we course through Shas. Well, the Mishnah in Nida seems to imply that somebody gets so, that when a woman gets so tense, maybe it could actually delay the period, right? She would, she would be menstruating normally, but she's so stressed out, the menstruation gets delayed. So which is it? Does being fearful uh, accelerate? Uh, and, and trigger menstruation or does it actually um, delay it? So it says the Gemara, two types of fears. Pachda, tzomis, biasusa, marpaya. Pachda is like a chronic anxiety that can delay the menstruation. However, biasusa, but being terrified in the moment, a sudden boo, like being startled, that can uh, trigger it, Okay. So there you have the answer. Good. Now, 12 lines up from the bottom. Let's get into the Musa. Shall we enter? Mani Masnisin. Who is our Mishnah talking about when it says that the schus can actually delay the punishment? Now, the Mishnah had an interesting language. It said it could delay it for a year, or it could delay it for two years, or it could delay it for three years. So where do they get this? What's the authorship of this? What's the source? Says the Gemara. Lo Abayasi bin Khanan, it's not Rabbi Abayasi bin Khanan, but Rabbi Abayasi bin Yitzchak, Ishkfar Darom, but Lo Rabbi Ishmael. It's none of these, right, Tanaim. Why? The Tanya, because we have a Braisa that says, Imyesh Laschus, right? So now we have like a piece of unedited, uh, right, Tanaic material that talks about this topic of the Schus, but in nowhere in, that, in, in those sources does it say anything about three years. Watch. It says, Tolela Shlosha Chadashim. Okay, so see? In the Bryce, it doesn't say a year, two years, three years. It says three months. Why three months? That's how long it takes to notice the fetus. Okay. So right, it, it goes, that particular Tana is going about Venix of Israel Zera, right? That when she, in fact, is exonerated, part of like the Sagula, so to speak, you know how like when, you, uh, when somebody uh, misjudges you, and then you say, oh, I was choshed you, I should give you a bracha. So here we were choshed the sota, and her bracha is that she's going to be, right, blessed with a child. Actually, Chaim Shechter was telling me, maybe that's why she doesn't want to drink the water. She doesn't want the blessing of having a child with this guy. Maybe that is may. If she has schus, then that's how long it takes to, right, to start to have the baby bulge over there. Debe Abba Yossi ben Chanan. Rebbe Lazar ben Yitzchak ish kfar darim omer tisha chadashim nine months shenemar ben Yitzchak ish razera. So again, they are learning from psukim, right? The idea of how long the judgment can be in abeyance, like allusions to the to to it. So three months could be how long it could take to recognize that she's right pregnant. Nine months could be obviously the amount of time of the entire pregnancy. Ulhalon omer zera yavdenu yisupar because. Uh, the idea of Zerah, right, later on in Tehillim, uh, elsewhere, it says that that is, in fact, right, what will serve, right, to be told of, and therefore that 
kind of uh, reference that Tehillim is referring to, that is the amount of time that will be held in abeyance after drinking the water, right? Because it is, in fact, as the Gemara says, zera ha-ra'u'i l'saper, right? Seed that will be fit to tell the praises of Hashem. Well, this is an example of such seed because, in fact, whereas it had started as a chilul Hashem with the sota and a negative situation turned into a kiddush Hashem because, in fact, the mesota uh, served the purpose of exonerating the woman and showing she's a right pure Bas Yisrael, and so zera zera nine months. That is the shita of right Rabbi Lazar ben Yitzchak Ish Kfar Dar. And finally, Rabbi Shmuel Omer Shneimasar Chodesh. He says that it'll be held in twelve months. Well, that is at least consistent with one of the shita, one of the opinions in the Mishnah, right? Because our Mishnah, in fact, has the possibility of one year, two years, or three years, right? So far, this is the only thing that lines up with any of it, right? Because in fact, Rabbi Shmuel says twelve months, which as we know is a year. And says Rabbi Shmuel, and he says, I don't have like a scriptural source, but at least an indication. This is a pasuk in Daniel Barry, as you know. Let, uh, nevertheless, O King, right? Let my let my advice be agreeable to you. And redeem your sins with tzedakah, betzitka. And right, your and your averos basically, right, with your stucca and pres- and presence to the poor should in fact right be wiped out. Which is to say, if you do stucca, if you give stucca, and you give to the poor, then your iniquity can in fact be delayed or wiped out. As we finally arrive at chafal from there there will be an extension. To Lushavasek, to your tranquility, which is to say, you're living a tranquil life, you're living your whole home life and everything's going well, but Averos, Rahman al-Itzlan, derail you. Well, guess what? If you give Tztaka and you do Chesed, that can, in fact, delay the consequences of your Averos and you can continue to live a quiet, tranquil life. That's what the Pasuk of Daniel says. And then it says, Uchsiv, Kolo Mato al Nebuchadnezzar. Sure enough, the next Pasuk says, that the punishments befell Nebuchadnezzar. So when did everything start to fall apart for Nebuchadnezzar, who's a well-known, right, evil degenerate? Well, it took 12 months before the decrees befell him, which is to say, this is a reference, says Rabbi Shemal, to the fact that this idea of the delay, right, of the punishment is juxtaposed with the idea of delaying for 12 months and there we see that punishment can be delayed for 12 months. And therefore, that is what we apply from the Vuchanetzar in that case in Daniel to, in fact, the Sota. It can be delayed 12 months. Now, we said one year, two years, or three years. So which is it? The Brisa doesn't seem to line up at all. It says the Gemara, no. Lola Marbi Shmuel. The fact of the matter is, it's not three months or nine months, but it is a year. And in fact, Rabbi Shmuel is the source for our Mishnah. However, and we found a Pasuk, right, Rabbi Shmuel authored our Mishnah, where he found a Pasuk that, that every time you actually can delay a punishment for a year. However, you could get an extension, and then you get an extension again. You could get an extension twice and then thrice, Andrew, uh, up to three times of extension for a up to delay of three years of punishment. How do we see that? There's a Pasuk in Amos, as you know, Andrew, that for three it says, for three transgressions of Adom, I looked away, which is to say, you can get extensions 
uh, of your abeyance of punishment one, two, and then three times. Rabbi Shemal puts together the Psukim in Daniel with the Psukim in Amos, and he comes up with the idea that a Sota, were she to have the merit, can in fact have extensions on her abeyance and, and continue to live up to another three years before she blows up. Now, these look like riots, says the Gemara. The Gemara says, Why are you saying that this is not a, a proof? Why are you saying that it's just an illusion? You, it sounds like you made a good case, you Rabbi Shmuel. You brought the Psukim Daniel and Amos, and it sounds like it really works out. Says the Gemara, Dilma shiny over the Kochavim. Yeah, maybe it works out, but it works out for Nebuchadnezzar. Over over the Kochavim may be of a, be held to a different standard. Why? Dina Alaihu. In fact, you may find this um, ironic, Barry. But over the Kochavim, the judgment won't be as quick. Why? Because with great privilege comes great responsibility. The Jews uh, have a lot of privileges, it's true, relative to the Ovedek HaChavim, but we're also, right, judged, right, more, um, more harshly, as Rashi says. Referring to Ovedek HaChavim. is going to look at the Jews more closely, and therefore that which is uh, relevant to Nebuchadnezzar, who had his, right, uh, punishment held in bains for a year, it could be, that for uh, the Sota, it wouldn't be as long, but it is at least an allusion to that, and that's where he gets his shot of one, two, and three years. Now, two dots, seven lines down on Chafalif, Schus Demai. What, in fact, is the Schus? What kind of Schus, Barry, can hold the Sota's punishment in abeyance? So, Elaim has Schus the Torah. If you're going to say it's her Torah learning, her Eina Metzuvah back to this, guys. <laughs> the women are not commanded to learn Torah. So it must be that she's doing a lot of mitzvahs. Okay. Her Torah study probably is not. Okay, so let's assume that the merit of her, tor- of her uh, Torah learning is not going to be what protects her. It has to be the mitzvah. And again, we, we've said this many times, uh, Stui Shabbos, uh, Andrew's uh, sidekick, uh, was telling me yesterday at the uh, at the wedding, we sat next to each other at the same table, which I was gratified. It meant that I'm chashev, because they, they associate me now with Stu Shabbos, Andrew. So he was telling me that you have to tell Andrew and Barry the Chafetz Chaim. Uh, we learned it in Ksubis. We mentioned it in Ksubis that the Chafetz Chaim says that all of this applied in the time of the Tanayim and Amarayim, but there is most certainly Tzchus Torah for women. So I said, okay, I'll tell him. But anyways, so that's, that's uh, apparently the source for that in the Chafetz Chaim. Be that as it may, in the Gemara, they thought that that, that, could, be, that could not be the Schus, but the Schus of Mitzvah, certainly then or now, learning Aliba de Hilchasa, as we say, right, to learn Chumash, Hashkafa, Musar, uh, and Halacha is certainly a, uh, an obligation. But the Gemara asks, and, and I was also corrected, I said that Rebetz and David wrote the Pachad Yitzchak and wrote a parish on the Maritzchis. She wrote a paper, right? Like a thesis on the Maritzchis. Uh, Barry was astounded. Yeah, she just passed away. She, BJJ is considered like very scholarly, right? That's where they go. That's where it all comes from. Rev. Huttner's only child. Uh, Leah HaShalom. Okay. May the schus of her Torah learning be magin aleinu. Okay. Says the Gemara, schus de mitzvah mi the schus of doing performing mitzvahs is so protective? But we have a brisa that, um, that uh, expounds on a pasuk in Mishlei. It says like this, this is a very famous pasuk, right? 
made maybe even more famous by the Maharal. Ner Mitzvah Torah Or. The name of his Sefer on Hanukkah. So, oh, synchronized. Beautiful idea. What, how do you compare the schus of a mitzvah to the schus of the Torah? Or what a mitzvah does for you than, relative to the Torah? So, yeah, because a lamp or a candle is only going to protect you temporarily. We'll see how in a second. Now, some, some texts say not Megina, protect you, but light. Well, that makes even more sense, right? Because a candle, as we know, is only temporary in terms of the light. Okay. Ves or, but the Torah represents what? Actual light, not just a candle. Lom al-chama or Megina olam, le-olam, after Megina olam. Because light, in the abstract, is always on, and therefore, the Torah, as such, always protects you. Omer Right, the previous pasuk when it talks about learning Torah, it says when you walk, it'll guide you. Okay, so now the Bryce is going to really walk you through it. You ready? See what I did there, Barry? When you walk, it'll guide you. Is referring to olamazeh, this world. And we lie down even post posthumously. Right, it'll protect you in olamaba zumisa And then when you wake up. It'll advocate for you again when you wake up, Bezat Hashem, Metchias Mesim, right, in Olam Abba. So, so let's go and, and give an analogy. Right, the analogy is a person walking in pitch black. Andrew, walking in pitch black in Baltimore or in a, or in a jungle can have a, a multitude of fears that you have. Number one, you can walk into unseen thorns, crevices, Traffic, right? Kotsim, Paschanim, and Barkanim. Mechayara, I mean, I list him. There could be bandits and chayas, and, and you don't know, right? You can't see anything. So you don't know. Are you going to bump into something? Are you going to be assaulted? And on top of all that, you have no clue where you're going. So you're lost. You're vulnerable to bumping into things and to other things attacking you. Oh. So now, so how are you going to get out? So this is quite an analogy, right? It's like a Garanowitz Muslim moment. Sometimes, Without the Torah and without the mitzvos, um, people, you know, my, my family says it all the time. How do, how do people get through life, right, um, very directionless, right, if you're just floating, right? You don't feel like you have any purpose in this world. It's like walking in the dark. So now, if you actually had a torch, so at least you're not going to bump into, into a uh, flagpole, Right? Because you could see where you're going. However, yeah, but guess what? At night, the bandits are still out. So you could see and you're not going to bump into anything, but you still don't have GPS. You still don't know which direction you're going and you're still vulnerable to animals. Okay. So that's what he says. You still are vulnerable to the outside sources and you still don't know where you're going. But once... Right, daylight breaks. Needs on the chayyarom and alistim. So now, at that point already, the chayyarom and alistim are not going to uh, assault you because they tend to only come out at night. However, so now it's broad daylight. So you're not going to get assaulted, hopefully, and you're not going to bump into anything at this point. But still, but you still don't know where you should be going. So you get the farshas But when you get to the crossroads and you see the signs. 
pointing you in the right direction, Nitzel Mikulam, that's where you have, uh, it's daylight, you're not uh, anymore going to be vulnerable to being assaulted, and you even know where you're going. Dava Acher, so another, so this is, this is all an analogy, right? And Rashi actually goes through all of this. Like, Higiyah Modeshachar is, Kan Zachal Atorah Nitzel Menachet Yisurim. He actually, Rashi goes through, lining up what this all means, right? This is a mashal. They don't really say the nimshal. <laughs> but Rashi tell, explains the nimshal. He says, right, if you're at night, I'll say it outside. So, so when, when the light comes up, so you're Zohar Torah, right? Because we said the, obviously the flashlight or the torch is the mitzvah. So at least there, you're not going to bump into things. Then the light comes up, so you have Torah. And that, it protects you from Chet and Yisurin. Chet and Yisurin is the listim, right? Those are the bandits that can come upon you, the, uh, the transgressions. But you still don't know where you're going. As Rashi says, Shema Yechpenu Yitzro Livatel V'yashiv Alav Maybe you still, right, even though you're learning in the moment, maybe the rest of the day you're not going to be learning and all of a sudden your Yitzhahara is going to cause you to go in the wrong derech, the wrong direction as it were. So for that, right, you need an extra level, right? So what's the Parshas Drachim? So now the Gemara is going to explain. Parshas Drachim, uh, Andrew, is like a crossroads in your life where you make a commitment to going in the proper derech, to be on the derech, as it were. How so? Like this, we're going to get into it. Dover Acher, another explanation. Avera Mechaba Mitzvah, Bein Avera Mechaba Torah. Then when a person is, uh, is um, does a transgression, Rechman Al-Tzlan, then it can actually cancel out the reward of a mitzvah. However, it'll never cancel out the reward of Torah. How do we know? Pasuk and Shirashim that we just read in Pesach. Shanemar Maim Rabim Lo Yochlu Lechabos Asahava. That right, that it would be impossible to extinguish the love, right, that the Torah that the Torah has, right. That 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 even Maim Rabim in this case the Maim usually Maim refers to Torah. Here in this case the waters are threatening waters. They can they can. Wipe out a mitzvah, but not the love as is indicated by the Torah. But be that as it may, right, mitzvah itself doesn't provide too much protection. Let's get back to the question, Barry, and then we'll, we'll analyze this further. The question was, what is protecting the sota? Well, it can't be the learning because she's not mitzvah in the learning. So it has to be the mitzvah. But we're seeing all these analogies where the mitzvah is just a torch. The torch is just going to help you not get bumped into something. But as Rashi explained, the Torah is really going to be the listim in the analogy, is what the Torah protects you from, right? Because again, the list didn't come out at night. The torch isn't going to protect you from getting, right, mugged. It's just going to help you not bump into a flagpole. So what's the mitzvah of putting the, right, the punishment in abeyance? How is that functioning, right? After all, it is the Torah, which is the daybreak that's protecting you, not the mitzvah. So Rabbi Yosef, mitzvah be'idna da'asik ba'maginu matzla. So now I'm getting a little granular here, that when you perform a mitzvah, so the moment that you're performing it, it's actually going to save you. However, be'idna da'asik ba'agune magna atzula lo matzla. So there's a difference between protection, guys, and um, protection and uh, saving you, right? So in other words, protection means that even when you're not, even when you're not doing a mitzvah, because of the fact that you already did the mitzvah, you could still be protected from the punishment. However, it's not going to save you from sinning further. That's the point, right? Magina means that you already transgressed, but you need protection from the punishment. Matzila means you're saved from doing the transgression in the first place. So when you are doing a mitzvah, 
So it's not going to necessarily protect you from doing Averos later, but at least though, the schos of those mitzvahs can in fact protect you from the punishment for the mitzvahs. Torah, in contrast, we continue, says, It can protect you and also uh, from the consequences of mitzvahs, but also from uh, having to do Averis later. Wow. So, well, anyway, that's the answer, because the mitzvah may not save you from sinning, but it can, yes, serve as protection. Very good. Okay. But the Gemara says, Matkif la Rabba. Rabba didn't like that. I mean, Rabbi Yosef had a perfect answer. Rabba had to come and object. Says, wait a minute. What about Doeg v'achitofel? Forget about the mitzvah for a second. They were huge Tamid chachamim. Who are Doeg and achitofel? In the time of David, okay, there's a lot of, I don't know if you know, Andrew, there's a lot of politics with David. First of all, with Shoal, right? Doeg was Shoal's sidekick, and he was telling him uh, basically Lush and Har about David. We actually learned this Gemara, uh, and we talked about the idea of Lush and Har, where the, you have a Chiv, even though you, you would say you're not Mechabel, there is a Chiv, when we learn the Sugiyas of Lashon Hara, to actually at least listen if there's some sort of like truth to it that could be dangerous. Okay, we get into that with Doeg. Okay, but be that as it may, he was the one, he did Lashon Hara, uh, and he had done some really horrible things could lead to the destruction of the city of Nov, and yet he was a big Tamachacham. Achitofel uh, was the one who actually was a huge Tamar Chacham, big, big Tamar Chacham, uh, advisory to David Melech, but he sided with Av Shalom. You know why they did that, Andrew? He sided with Av Shalom because they figured he did the Aver of Bacheva, right? And he said, okay, well, we know how this goes. We've seen what happened to Bnei Israel throughout history, right? Uh, whenever they got in trouble, and even, right, Balak and Bilam knew this, right? That if, they, if you can get them to get in trouble, uh, and do their own averos, they'll be their own undoing. So he figures, well, this is the beginning of the end for David Amalek, right? This is how it always ends. So they said, you know what? Let's jump ship and go to Avshalom. Not so. They had underestimated David's Talmud Torah and David's erudition and his, uh, right, true repentance, true Goranowitz Mercer moment, right? And, and the Tehillim and everything that uh, David was thinking about. So be that as it may, we're going to read that in the Gemara, so it's worth mentioning. But here we go. So again, again Rabba's wondering, Dog and Achitofel were big Talmud Chachamim. Where was the Higina? They, it didn't protect them from sinning. Because after all, we know that they sinned. They sided with the wrong side. People died as a consequence of their actions and choices. So why did their Torah not protect them? So it can't be, he's saying, that the Torah protects you from, and we know this, right? It's not really that cut and dry, right? That's the thing. It's nuanced. It's not like, oh, you learn Torah and you'll never do an Avera. Be that as it may, the Gemara says, Elama Rava Torah, rather, skip the word, Elama Rava Torah, when you're learning Torah, when you are learning Torah, Meginu Matzla. It's going to actually protect you from consequences of sin and also protect you from sinning. When you're not learning anymore, Aguni Magda Tzule Matzla. So then it'll protect you from the consequences of sin, but not from sinning itself. And therefore, Doeg and Achitofel certainly could sin. Perhaps it protected them from the consequences. Whereas mitzvah, when you're performing a mitzvah, so that's how he breaks it up. He says, whether in the time of performance or even afterwards, it's not going to save you from sinning again, but it'll protect you. So that actually uh, works, uh, right? It doesn't fit great with the analogy of the Brisa that we had with the guy walking in the dark. 
as some of the Farshim point now, but at least it's clear with our Mishnah what's going on. It is, in fact, the mitzvah of the sota, even that she performed, even when she's not performing them, it'll protect her. It may not protect her from doing more averos, but it'll protect her from the consequences of the sinning. That's one way. Rabina Amar, he has another shot. Olam schus Torah. Really, it's a schus Torah. What's the schus Torah of the woman, however? With the commerce, ain't a So you can say, even if it's a meritorious thing to do, she has no obligation to do so. So why would it protect her? Yeah, and he defkudi lo mafkada. Maybe she's not commanded to do it. Right? But the reward is by what? Their children. Yeah, they send their sons. They get their little tatalas, right, ready for yeshiva. And they're waiting for their husbands to return from the base medrash, right? So lo palgon right? Do they not share in the merit of the Torah? Okay, so uh, by supporting Torah, right, in their families, they are actually getting a schar. Um, may may all the nashim satkanias of Klal Yisrael uh, merit. In all of the Torah that's learned, in all of Klal Yisrael and Bizochet, the Torah and Mitzvahs and all of those things, right? And and a special bracha to our Eishes Chayals who wait for us patiently to come home at like six in the morning from our from our learning. Okay, says the Gemara, my precious drachim. So wait a minute, what is this crossroads? Remember, we had the torch and then we had the daybreak and then we had the crossroads, like the moment when you realize which derech is supposed to go on. So Amar of Chis says, "Etam Chacham v'Yom Misa." Yeah, Atal Chacham is aware of their day, uh, of their Yom Misa, and therefore the Yom Misa is that crossroads where you know exactly which way to go. Menachem B'Yitzchak, the valedictorian of Pesachim, said, Amar, Zed Talmud Chacham B'Yiras Chait. A Talmud Chacham understands the fear of sin, and it is that that puts him on the derech. Whereas Mazutra Amar, Zed Talmud Chacham, is Desalkale Shmaitasa Aliba Dehilchasa. This is Talmud uh, Chacham, uh, the topic is clarified, and then the crossroads is when it, he realizes what the halacha is. So these are the things you need divine assistance for and, and inside a crossroads that where you get to either Yom Misa or, right, you understand the pshat and the halacha clearly, right, that is when it is revealed to the tamid chachamim. Or, davar acher, uh, what is the next thing that we said? Aver, so, okay, so uh, that's not or. Uh, okay, moving on. Davar acher, the Bryce had said, aver mechabe mitzvah. And aver can actually extinguish the mitzvah. But it can't extinguish the Torah. So Gemara is going to elaborate on this. Amar of Yosef, Darshei Rabbi Nachman Bar Yosei Lahai Kroki Sinai. Rabbi Nachman Bar Yosei actually uh, was the author of that brisa, and he expounded on it as if he was like this was like the the main thing he heard at Har Sinai itself. He was really into it. What did he say? He says the following: Wow. He said, in other words, he really took this, it was like his mantra, Andrew. Like, he really took this very seriously. He said, you know what? Dogen, the aforementioned Dogen Achitofel, had they known this shot, they would have never, right, pursued David. They would have sided with him. Because it says in Tehillim, Lemor Elohim Azavo. The enemies of David are saying what we said before, that they thought David, because of his sin with Bathsheba, had lost his siyat as it were, right? And this was going to be the beginning of the end. My darush. But they did not understand what was going on because they thought, that the Pasuk says you can't see ervas davar. And in fact, 
right? That was the Avera of David of Sheva, and yet, but they, what they did not understand was this underlying concept that, in fact, even though it's true that if that, that Avera might have been able to extinguish a mitzvah, but it could not extinguish all the Talmud Torah that David Melch did, as we learned at the very beginning of Masechus Brachos, day and night, uh, like, like we do, at a time that is neither day nor night, he was learning Torah, and so therefore, right, it is in fact this idea that you, that you are going to, that David was protected, and Adog and Achitofel had missed on that point. Okay. Now, the end of that Pasuk says, my, my boz yavozu lo. It's going on here, boz yavozu lo. It's, again, it's shir hashirim, back to shir hashirim. The, the Pasuk of shir hashirim says, my rabim lo yichlu Right, the waters, the threatening waters can't extinguish that love. Even if a person gave all of his wealth, right, they, they will scorn him. What's going on here? That This is a, referring to a Sachar Zvulun idea that Shimon and, uh, right, Shimon, the brother of Azariah and Rabbi Yochanan Right of the base on Nasi, right had a certain Issachar Zvulun arrangements. When one was learning, one was giving a schar. But Hillel, as we know famously, was dirt poor. Shevna eventually did support him, but not soon enough. The chiyas of Rebdimi Amar, when Rebdimi came from Eretz Yisrael, from uh, right to from Eretz Yisrael to Babel, right, he was saying all the stories that happened. And he said Hillel and Shevna achehavu that they were bros, Hillel and Shavna, and Hillel asuk betar Shavna avadiska. Right, that's what we're talking about. The Sachar's rule and arrangement. Hillel was going to do the learning. Shavna was going to support him. Lasof armor lay. In the end, Shevna said to Hillel, "Ton arov liflog. Let's join together and do Yisachar's rule." But again, they were bros, but there was a. Uh, Lapse, right? Where Shevna, even though he was wealthy, was not supporting Hillel. That lapse was too long. Too late, right? You came to this idea too late. If you have the idea, you should support and you should not hesitate. The hesitation of Shevna, uh, he came late to the party, as Rashi explains, and it is for that reason that he did not get the merit that he could have for supporting Hillel in the first place. As we turn to Ahmed Bayes, we say, Omer ben Azai, Chayav Adam Lamed as Bito. So that top tiflus, that topic of teaching your daughter Torah says Wait, tiflus? Like you're really teaching her uh, bad things? I mean, what's so bad? It's just Torah. Rashi says Interesting that you're teaching her to be clever. Torah makes you clever, and sometimes when people are overly clever, they can actually be worse. We'll see as we see when we talk about the right um, the clever shysters at the end of our Mishnah, the disingenuous ones, as we will see. I'm a Rabbi Vo, my time at Rabbi Leazar. Where is his source, really? Right? The, the Pasuk says in Mishlei, I am wisdom, I'm a little bit cunning too. Right? Like the Arum of the Nachash, right? Uh, the snake. Yeah, with a little bit of wisdom comes a little bit of cunning also. Well, what do you mean? What do they do according to the Ben Azai who holds that you should teach your daughter Torah? What do you do with Ani Chachma? Why, why is it uh, acceptable to teach her? 
Because he says, Yeah, he learns this nakedness, this reference to Arum, not to mean cunning, right? And we have this by the Nachash also. What does it mean? Does it mean that they were unclothed? Does it mean that they were cunning? So there, Arum Aleihem, uh, it means, He takes the same Pasuk in Mishle, and he learns from that, no, you need to make yourself vulnerable, right? Like a, like a clean slate, Right? Or, Arma, you, right, you need to make yourself, if you want to say cunning, you need to game plan, right? You need to make a, a plan. We're going to learn a daf a day. I'm going to learn Muster Seder. I'm going to learn a different Halacha Seder, right? You have to make a plan in order to grow in Torah. There, we get to the idea of the self-negation, right? It's a play on words from nothingness will be found. So in other words, if you make yourself a receptacle to the words of Hashem, it is then that you will be filled with Torah. That is a Pasuk in Eov. Okay, so nine lines up from the wide. Two dots. Rabbi Shomer Rotsa Isha. There was a statement there. The woman prefers a, to be poor and have her husband around as opposed to be very wealthy and never see him. My kamar, what is he saying? Hachi kamar. What we just said. Rotsa Isha bekave tiflosimo. Tiflos, in this context, that's how we know that tiflos means Right, that relation, intimacy. She would rather be less wealthy and have the intimacy Matisha covered with precious than have uh, a, an, a deep duplex apartment in the Upper East Side and she never sees her husband. Okay. Omer Now we're getting to the idea, Yeshua's next statement in the Mishnah, of these, disingen- these disingenuous people. What's a person who looks like a chassid, but he's really a fool. Right? You see a woman drowning in the river and say, oh, Nagiyo, I don't want to look. My eyes shouldn't look at women. I'm not going to save her. It's not proper. This is an idiot who acts like a chassid. What's the opposite, the converse? A person who is uh, a Russia, but really sounds cunning. See what's going on here? Subtle, subtle, but plausible deniability. It's intentional. It's really savage. He knows that he's within his rights, in a sense, to speak to the judge before the other litigant comes, but he knows that this is going to have an effect, and he's doing it on purpose, Andrew. The guy is uh, a disingenuous uh, Russia. Or Rabbi Abba Omer, we're going to give several explanations of what this could be. Oh my God, I, I, I can't even get over this guy. What's going on? An Ani is entitled to leket shichah repair, right? Aniim have rights. We take care of our destitute people in Klal Yisrael. That's one of the things that gives us merit. However, there's a threshold, right? Matayim Zuz, he's no longer, that's a threshold, right? When, the brisker, when a brisker gives tzedakah, he wants to make sure that he has less than $200 net worth, 200 Zuz net worth. Well, guess what? A guy doesn't want to give him his lekat shikhrapeah, so he gives him just enough money that he passes the threshold and he's no longer an honey, so he doesn't have to give him more. That is truly uh, awful. Ditnan, and, and we learn in the mission, that's in fact the Allah. He said, Mishishma time zoos, loyto lekat shikhrapeah. Even if they give him a thousand zoos at once, he can now take it. Uh, so to, so now we have uh, right person who gives orphans uh, bad advice. Why don't we start with that tomorrow so that we don't hold people up here with the davening. 
be that as it may, we are three lines down in the wide on Chafal Fahmid Beis and closer to the end of Chafal Fahmid Beis. Bezat Hashem, we will resume with Daf Chaf Beis tomorrow.